Good morning, everybody. Good morning. See, today we're high tech. You know, I got my computer in front of me. Reason why? Because I was printing my uh, my uh, sermon paper and I ran out of ink and I ran out of paper. So I decided to transfer all my uh, sermon to the to my little laptop. So, anyway, when uh, as I study John eleven for the past two weeks, I found out that there's a lot of things, a lot of things that you can learn from this John 11. But today, we're going to focus on the word I am. This I am, it is a statement of Jesus Christ. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, this statement here is something that everybody should know and believe on it. So the words for today is in John 11, 17 to 21. Now I'm going to I'm going to read the uh, the gospel for today. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brothers. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed. Mary said, Lord, to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the, at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies, and whatever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? See, let's go back to the very first one. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. See, focus here, the word four days. Why not three days? Why not two days? But the Bible said four days. See, let me go back to reconstruct this one. Uh, on the very first day, 
Lazarus was already dying. And the Martha and Mary have sent a messenger to Jesus Christ, letting know that Lazarus is dying. At that time, Last, uh, Jesus Christ was in Jordan. So that was the very first day when the messenger left Bethany. And on the second day, the messenger saw Jesus Christ and informed Jesus Christ about Lazarus, who's already been dead. But Jesus Christ already know that Lazarus has already been dead because he's God. But anyway, that was the second day. On the third day, Jesus Christ stay again uh, in Jordan. Only on the fourth day, Jesus went to Bethany and see Martha and Mary. Why four days? Because the tradition for all the Jewish people that when a person die, the soul of that person is still in the vicinity or is still in the area of the dead person. That is on the, for three days. Now, if the person is not alive yet, is the, the soul already left the vicinity or the area. So on the fourth day, the person is really, really dead. That's their belief, okay? <clears throat> so now the question is, Jesus Christ knew that. So apparently, he decided to be there on the fourth day. What, why is it that Jesus Christ went there for the fourth days? There are two reasons, or some reason. One is, it is, remember between the Pharisees and Sadducees, that Pharisees believe in resurrection, while Sadducees doesn't believe in resurrection. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus will correct that error of the Sadducees in the gospel. He will show them that they are in error in the scripture. That's, maybe that's one thing. And the second thing, the main reason why is that Jesus delayed his uh, return from, Jerusalem, from Jordan was that there might be no doubt that Lazarus was dead and that there might therefore be no cause of doubting his miracle. That's the reason why Jesus went there after the, uh, on the fourth day. So people will know that, hey, there was a miracle there and Lazarus is really, really dead. The soul of Lazarus left after three days. So, other one is many, the second one, it says, many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. See, the word Jews here referred to a Jewish leader. 
they are hostile religious Jewish leader who are plotting to kill Jesus Christ. Now, on the other verse, when they said, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed home. Here, you will see that Mary is more on an active role. While, I mean, Martha and Mary is more on the passive role. The reason why I said this, I just want to give you a setting in the beginning of my sermon. That's the setting how Jesus is in Jordan, then went to Bethany and performed the miracle on the fourth, on the fourth day. And I'm just giving you the setting. But my sermon really has three topics. This sermon is about a troubled believer a revelation, and a direct application. So, before I begin my sermon, I would like to, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I have come to ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit and to deliver your message that you are the resurrection and the life. Be the resurrection and life for us, O Lord. And for whom you have made, we also be the resurrection in the life we share and the following we enjoy that filled with the wonder of your love and the power of your grace. Thank you for the victory and power that is in your name. Amen. Amen. Now, my first topic is about a troubled believer. A troubled believer here we're going to use as Martha is the troubled believer. Sometimes, as a Christian, we get involved on this kind of deal. Sometimes we are also in trouble. And when we are in trouble, we have so many questions in our head. We have what, how, why, and if. Sometimes you think about that. And that is the reason why most of us, we miss the blessing that belongs to us. Martha is this kind of a person. See, sometimes to us, we trust ourselves too much. We trust ourselves more than we trust God. And we, we sometimes turn to God as our last resort. And sometimes when we pray, we pray like we're calling a 911 to God. Have you ever had a friend who just want to come and see you when they needed you? If they don't need you anymore, they leave. And they don't even call you anymore. That's the kind of person, a Christian, who is in trouble. And <clears throat> as a Christian, we have to remember that God is always there to help us. There is a blessing, really, hidden in our life. 
You just don't know it. The blessing is right in front of you. But we never open our eyes. We take everything for granted. Like when you get up this morning, what do you do? You get up, you went to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you comb your hair, then you're ready for the church or you're ready for the work. That's a routine to you. But that is a blessing to you because God is protecting you. He's protecting you from the accident. He's protecting you for the ceiling to fall over your head when you get up. He's protecting you when you go down the stairway. That's all the blessing that the Lord is giving you. But we never think about it. I, for one, is the same thing as yours. I never think about it. When you eat, that's a blessing to you. The day you're born to the day you are sitting right here now in this church, why are you still here? Why are you still alive? Because every day of your life and every minute of your life, God is blessing you, protecting you. That is a blessing. But we don't know. We take everything for granted. It's just like a blessing that you just put it in an attic. Sometimes we always say, oh, pastor, I'm walking, I'm walking with God. See, I'm walking with God. But our problem is we are not working with God. There's a difference between walking and working with God. And if you work with God, you must cooperate with His grace and trusting in the faithfulness of His promise. That is our problem today. See, when Martha saw Jesus Christ, Martha all right away because he's in trouble, he's a troubled believer, and Martha limits, he attempts to limit God's promise. See, notice Martha limit both time and place of what God can do. Remember, time and place of what God can do. Read the <clears throat> Read, Lord, on the verse 21. Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Think of that. Listen to what Martha is saying. Lord, if, the word if. See, this is how you trust God. If. And Martha said, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. There's two meanings what Martha is saying. First, he's telling that Jesus Christ could not have healed her brother from a distance. In other words, God cannot heal you because God is in heaven and you are here on earth. That's one thing. If you can, if, 
you have been here. See, he's limiting the capability of God to perform a miracle to you. And then he said, and then she felt that Jesus could have done something for days. Now you're in front of me. After four days, my brother is dead. It's no use for you, Jesus Christ, to come to Bethany because my brother is already dead. This is the word what Martha is really trying to tell Jesus Christ. If, see, see sometimes when we pray and we ask help from God, we become discouraged, especially when you really, really need it. When you need something very bad, you want financial need, some people, they, anything that you really need now, and you pray to God, and you didn't get it. How do you feel about that? As a human being, as a Christian, we got discouraged. Okay, but see, that is the reason why. But remember that God, God doesn't always act, okay? God doesn't always act on our schedules. His schedule is different than ours. His timing is not our timing. So when you do pray and you did not get it, it is not because God did not hear you. God is always there beside you from the day you're born. That is the reason why you have to remember that his schedule is not. Why, why is it like that? Why is it that God never answer your prayer. I put here three things that the best I could. The reason why God did not answer your prayer or delay your prayer so that our faith will increase. You want to see if you have a what I call that, a low faith, a mediocre faith, or a high faith. And the second thing I wrote down here is God could be delaying so that he would learn that we would learn to trust him more fully. And that's what it is. And on the third, God would, could be delayed so that we would see his divine power even more at work. That's all God is expecting from you. Sometimes he will answer your prayer if he, need, if he thinks you, re, you really need it now. So when you pray and you ask for it, don't be discouraged. Don't be disappointed. It will come on his time. So, then on the, second, on the second verse, he said, 
But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. See the word, when Martha said, see Martha is already uh, is in trouble here. When he, he's trying, she's rebuking Jesus Christ now. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. If you look at the word, whatever. The whatever here is telling Jesus Christ, no, no resurrection. See, because if Martha knows, he could have just said, but I know that even now, Jesus will give you resurrection. I mean, God will give you resurrection, you ask. See, the word whatever did not include, did not include the resurrection in the... So, but yet, when he said that, Jesus with this incre incredible grace and kindness. He doesn't rebuke her for her weak faith and, or correct her for his error. See, Jesus was very even gentle to her, very kind. And instead of telling Martha, do you know I'm God? Or Martha, do you know I'm this and that? No, Jesus was very gentle to Martha because at that time he knows Martha is grieving. Mm -hmm. And then there comes the first word of Jesus Christ in Bethany. This is what he said. Your brother will rise. That is a promise to Martha. And believe you, my brother and sister, that is also a promise to us. Your brother will rise, meaning we are going to rise again. And when Jesus said that, guess what Martha said? In response to that, he said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. See, Martha always believed on resurrection, but he doesn't believe that he's talking to Jesus Christ, who is God, that he can perform resurrection on that moment on or on that same day, or on the same hour. But Martha doesn't know that. He always believed that the resurrection will be on the last day. So, yet, Jesus was glad because he knew that he's going to raise Lazarus. See, death could not exist in the presence of Jesus. To Jesus, there is no such death. death. Remember that. To Jesus, there is no such death. See, 
Why I said that? Because if you go all the way through the Bible, you'll never see that Jesus failed to raise the dead. Every time he's there, there's a resurrection happening. And in one occasion, I remember, I, I recall that when he was, I think he was passing in the village of uh, <clears throat> Nain, it's in Galilee, uh, Jesus saw a dead person who's in a coffin already on top of a beer. Beer is like a hearse today. He come close to that coffin and touched the man. And the man was alive and got up. There's another occasion where Jesus raised the daughter of a certain well-known synagogue. His, I think his name is uh, Jairus. And you see, that's why. See, may I ask one more thing? Jesus is able to raise the dead. Jesus is able to raise those dead. He raised those dead when he was in Jerusalem. He will raise the dead if he is now here. He raised the dead if in the future. So in other words, Jesus is the only person who can raise the dead. And I don't care what you say. He is the only person who will raise to death. See, if, if a person is sick and the, with the medicine, with a skilled doctor, and with the rejuvenating person uh, of his human body, all of those three combine that person will get well. But if the person is dead, it doesn't matter whether a skilled doctor, medicine, and a body, that person is dead. Not, not nothing. Nobody can do anything. Okay? If that is the case, let me ask you a question. Who can make that person race again? Do you know who will? It is, do you know, it is only the voice of Christ that will make that person rise again. But when I said only the voice of Christ, my question is, do you know the voice of Christ? Do you hear the voice of Christ? Even when you're alive, do you hear the voice of Christ? See, Jesus said, remember this, you cannot hear my word that you cannot hear my voice. Get this one after that. It said, 
He said that the only those who can hear me have been given to me by the Father. Remember, he said also, only my sheep can hear my voice. Are you one of them? Think about it. Pray about it if you're one of them. Because someday, somehow, when we all went six feet under the ground, someday, again, someday, somehow, you will get up if you hear the voice of Christ. And, and it's a good example on Lazarus. So, when I was in, uh, in the school, there's a professor who told me this, and uh, I think he's already dead. This is what he said to me. He said, if that is the final answer to the human race, if that is the final answer to the human race, then the devil won. God's answer to sin is death. And his answer to death is resurrection. See, not a beautiful thing. It is already a promise to us that we are going to resurrect. See, again, I'm going to say, if death is the final answer to human race, then the devil has won. God's answer to sin is death. And his answer to death is resurrection. If you don't understand that, just go back to Lazarus. See, our body will be in the grave for a long time. But someday we can hear Jesus will come to us maybe on top of our grave and say, come forth, rise, be with me. And it's nice to be with him on the time he will come back and resurrect us. Amen. All of us will die, whether you like it or not. But the result after the death is what you should be thinking of. You should remember how, see, how do you do that? You may ask me, how do you do that? Simple, by faith, we are in him. We are in Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection because nobody can hold the Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ, there is no death to him. To him, we are all only sleeping. So that is the first section of my uh, preaching. The second section is the new revelation, meaning right when we talk all about Mary, what Mary said, now let's go to Jesus Christ. 
See, Jesus Christ knows that Martha is is faith is half faith and half doubt. But Jesus Christ did not get angry again with Martha. You know, for his weak faith or rebuke her because of her attitude. Instead, what Jesus did to Martha, because Martha believed on the general resurrection, meaning we are going to rise on the last day. But Jesus Christ pulled Martha on that general uh, resurrection and pulled her into him, meaning he corrected that word general uh, resurrection that Martha think about it. And, And with that, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. My friend, this is a very, very powerful message and, and a promise to all to all Christians like us. This is a promise that you will remember until the day you die. And this is a very, very far. I am the resurrection and the life. Let's analyze that on the very first step. Uh, I am is a statement that Jesus Christ said in the gospel. I am the resurrection. Let's focus on the word I am. See, by that statement, you can tell, definitely you can say, the real and the true identity of Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life and the light of the world. That word, I am. And that word, I am, you will remember when God talked to Moses. God said, I am that I am. Meaning, he is God. So, when Jesus Christ said, I am. So, you can see that Jesus Christ is God. And... And by that word, by hearing him saying, I am, we should rejoice that we will be resurrected by his promise. I will always say that. Promise, think about it, and resurrection. See, when Jesus was glad that he knew he will resurrect will raise Lazarus. He was glad because he knew that the resurrection would result in strengthening their faith. Remember, remember in some passage in John 11, Jesus Christ said, 
And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. See, because if Jesus Christ was there before the fourth day, people will say, ah, you know, Lazarus is really really dead. But he's not there. So when he performed that miracle, you will believe that he is God. And uh, Jesus replied by saying that he himself was the resurrection and that therefore, whatever he is, there is life. Now, let's study that. When Jesus Christ was in Jerusalem, he performed a lot of miracles. You notice the body rise physically, physically. There's a physical life happening at the time of Jesus Christ when he was in Jerusalem or when he was on earth. Now that Jesus Christ is no longer here, what do we have here at present? We have a, what you call, a spiritual life. Because Jesus not, is not here. That's why he said he himself was the resurrection and that therefore wherever he is, is life. So what does it mean by that? If Jesus Christ here on earth, there will be a physical life. If Jesus Christ not here on earth, there will be a spiritual life. Now, uh, as of today, Jesus is present spiritually so that there will be a spiritual resurrection and rather than a physical life. So when somebody died, it's dead. There's no physical life. But there will be a spiritual life. So there's another thing. Have you been resurrected before? Yes, you are. Remember when you've been baptized, you went down under the water and you come up? That is the beginning of your new spiritual life, that you are with Jesus Christ. So, so being resurrected through the baptism is a spiritual life. So, then Jesus went on. He said, he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. See, there again, it is a promise to us, a promise of spiritual life and a promise of physical life. These promises were given. Think about this. This promise that God, Jesus Christ, gave it to us physically and spiritually is only, is only given to the member of his covenant people. Again, I'm going to ask you, are you a part of those things? Because if you don't, again, I said, take it hard. 
And lastly, a direct application. See, when Jesus, Jesus pressed on Martha, it is, a con- it is not a conclusion, but it is in a form of a question. What is that question? When Jesus said, do you believe this? In other words, God is telling us, do you believe that I am the, I am the resurrection and the life? This is what he's telling to Martha, but he's also telling it to us. If you read this Bible, I felt that he's telling it to us. Because Martha is done gone. But as you read the word of God, he's talking to you. Do you believe? That is the application we should be thinking of. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? You will notice when he said, do you believe? He's speaking of your faith. Not your feeling. Read the Bible again. Do you believe? He's talking to you by faith, not by feeling. Because Jesus knows that feeling is deceiving. Moreover, they come and go. According to Jesus, that it was not how Martha felt that was important. It is what Martha believed. And this is what we should be thinking of. We should believe. That's why when I finish the, my write-up on my sermon, I keep thinking, what is the real meaning of belief? That's the application we should ask ourselves. What is belief? Don't go by your feeling. Believe is go by your faith in Jesus Christ. No matter what happened, it is by faith. Belief is in within the faith, not by feeling alone. So, as I ask you this question, I wish all of you will say, yes, Lord, I believe. Now, I wrote something, you know, here, but uh, in the interest of time, maybe I will discuss that later on. So, let's pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, there is much more than I can be said. We as a Christian should be able to say, we believe you. Yes, Lord, we thank you that you are a God of salvation. Lord Jesus, We thank you that you are the resurrection and the life. In you, we have promise of everlasting life and the promise that death had no hold on us. Reveal it to us, O Lord, that we may see you clearly. Cast our faith upon you in your holy name. Thank you, Lord, 
in the hour of a final resurrection, we will live physically again, and we will be with you forever and ever. Amen.